Lord, amen. I want you to take your Bibles with me and go to Acts, Acts the fifth chapter, Acts the fifth chapter. Let me uh, encourage those that are going on the missions trip. We will, uh, we got a meeting right after church today, so meet us in the regular room as we get ready. And today, if you are not going on that missions trip, would you please keep us in your prayers? Because we believe God's going to do something in Mexico. We're going down to partner with Liz, and she's got two new areas that we're going to be reaching into, along with the other area that she's down there ministering to. Also, uh, we're going to be doing a mega sports camp, so if you've got some, some baseball gloves that you would like to donate, uh, we will not be returning those, but if you'd like to donate those, uh, bring them by next Sunday. We're going to pack them up, take them down, leave it with the kids, okay? And so uh, let's be a part, let's uh, help us in those endeavors. Also, uh, we'll give further instruction next Sunday, but we will be opening up uh, membership. We're going to have a membership class coming in uh, mid-September, and so we will keep you alerted on that. So let's go to the Word of God this morning, and we do want to continue to pray for Linda Kaczynski's family. She went home to be with the Lord last night, and uh, her service will be sometime this week. Uh, with that, we have committed to Deborah Frost to go over and help her uh, with moving some brush. Uh, you'll get an email if some of you guys have some trucks and trailers available sometime this week, I'll let you know for sure. We initially were scheduling for Tuesday, but I'm not sure if we're going to make that, uh, depending upon when the service for Linda is going to be. So just keep that uh, aware, okay? How many know that it's just, it's, we come to church on Sunday, amen? Well, we got Monday through Saturday to do all kinds of stuff, so uh, it's not just, <laughs> just not a weekend warriors here. Let's get on with the Word of God this morning. Now, this is the Sunday after the outpouring revival crowd. Because you don't just receive something from God. You now need to express, release something for God. We've been talking about living free or being set free in our freedom series, but we're going to be shifting into living free. Amen? Because it's for freedom God set us free. He doesn't just want to break down the walls and tear down the foundation. He wants to get us away from that prison and start leading others into freedom. Amen? So I want us to look here. Father, we come before your throne this morning, and Lord, we know that we can and we will do all things through you who strengthens us. And I'm asking today, Lord, knowing that you've already touched, you've already moved, but Lord, I pray that, Lord, your word will just come alive in our hearts. I know that, Father, revelation comes from you, but it's got to have a reception. I pray that our hearts would be open to receive your word today and that we would stop sourcing, Lord God, our ministry and mission with our own strength. But, Lord, we'll learn to trust in you. And, Lord, I thank you today that we are going to live a freed life. Everybody said amen. amen. I want you to look here. Acts 5, we're looking at... The infant church, as the church is now beginning to grow and beginning to move out. It says in verse 12, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders worked among the people. Mm. Many signs and wonders. They are fresh into this. There are three chapters in the book of Acts into the work of the Holy Spirit, and signs and wonders begin to take place. 
But I want you to notice something. We won't take time to address it today. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. You can do your own study and discover when the body of Christ is in unity, miraculous things begin to happen. Why do you think the enemy wants to work division over and over and over and over again? Verse 13, and of the rest dared no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. Some translations say esteem or they were afraid. And the believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, so that they brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds, couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks. And then, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. <laughs> they were welcoming the demoniacs to come on in. Those that had been, and just come on in, and, and God will take care of you. And they were healed, some of them. They were healed, every one. Then the high priest rose up, and all <laughs> they that were with them, which in the sect of the Sadducees were filled with indignation. Imagine that. And laid their hands on the apostles, put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go home and relax. Everything is done. Said, Go ahead and play golf on Sundays. It's okay. Just go to the lake. It's warm. You need to, be, you need to cool off a little bit. No, said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and they taught. Let's stop right there. Let's just stop right there. Let's just, we'll get back to Peter in his shadow in a minute. But here's the truth, folks. God set you free not to stay silent. He didn't set you free so that you now have a convenient, comfortable spot in a chair freshly purchased for you in the house of God. He set you free in order that you may not only be liberated, you may become a liberator. Now, the things many times that we look for God to do, we want to offer him our good stuff. We want to bring him the things that we esteem to be the most valuable. And the Lord says, I don't need that right now. What I need is to you to bring your testimony of what I have done. Is a witness. I have empowered you to do what? By the Holy Spirit. To be a witness. To go about and proclaim the truth the words of life to those who are bound. Now, bondage comes in so many different forms. Bondage can be physical. It can be emotional. It can be relational. There's lots of different bondages that the enemy will lead us into if we allow. But we, as the children of God, the Lord takes the very thing that we were bound in, 
the pain we didn't want anybody to know about, the shame we bore as a slaves to sin, and he sets us free in that. And now he says, go and tell others you are free. See, we find out there that they were put in prison. And the angel released, God's messenger came down, opened the prison, let them out. For what reason? To go and tell. To go to the place of the temple and begin to proclaim freedom to the people. See, they were living in a state of death. He said, I want you to go speak life. I want you to take what you received last weekend, church. I want you to take the revelation of righteousness and sonship and authority of God's Word and the impartation of the Holy Spirit. I want you to take that now and I want you to grab hold of that. And I don't want you just to let it begin to diminish in you. I want it to grow. And I want to put you out and put you forth. The Lord has set you not only on assignment, He's also activated the church. He's activated you he's activated the word it is time now to go forth and do what God wants you to do now free you freely you receive freely give he also shows us here that he has given us now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us a ministry what is that ministry It's the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us this word, this word of reconciliation. There is no power in a diluted gospel that says God reconciles to you. I don't want to walk in that kind of, of absent victory. But folks, we understand that God reconciles us through Jesus Christ unto himself. And that is so much more powerful than us trying to bring God down and making him into an image that we have in our own mind. Amen? So let's don't shy away from the good news that God has given us. Amen? Because he not only takes us out of the prison, he takes the prison out of us. And now he says, go and liberate others. So I want you to see. I want you to see here. Verse 15. This is where we're going to zero in for the the remainder of our time here. So that they brought forth the sick into the streets. Laid them on the beds and couches. What? God works outside the church building, in the marketplace, Walmart, at the bank, on the workplace, and Bibles and burgers at the park, (laughs) in the streets of Mexico. That at least, they were just hoping they couldn't get close to Peter, but they, they just wanted to get close enough. That maybe his shadow, not his person, but his shadow, his shadow would reach over, touch him. Passing by, the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. 
<laughs> I want to walk by so that maybe that the shadow, I can't, I get too much light here. The shadow, I got a cricket here. I'm not going to try to raise him from the dead. <laughs> might be a wasp. I didn't say nothing about a wasp. Okay. So that the shadow might pass by. That'd freak you out. That wasp came alive. Amen. So that the shadow, my, my shadow might overshadow those that are in the street, that they might be healed. See, and there was healing that took place. The Bible says everyone, everyone, those that were demon-possessed were set free by the, by the shadow that passed by. <laughs> you mean it wasn't like a 12-day exorcism that took place? No, it's just a shadow, just an overshadowing that took place. There was a, there was a, you, I believe that sticking with somebody and praying through. Anybody know the term praying through, just getting prayed through? Sometimes healing is instant. Sometimes it takes some progression, sometimes deliverance. But, but I believe there's a power of God that the children of God can come under. That when you walk by, it's a, it's a, the shadow is overshadowing. And that overshadowing, all of a sudden, is beginning to move as you walk into the workplace. And all of a sudden, people look around and think, oh my God, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is. It's a, I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, it's an aura <laughs> that's coming upon. There's a, there's a brightness in your countenance. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I want what that is. Uh, I want to know what it is that you're walking under. Because your shadow has just overshadowed me and it has affected me. Now this is not an original statement, but I will tell you that our shadow releases what overshadows us. Our shadow releases what overshadows us. Now, I can give you an example that you would probably understand. There has been times where I have come home and my children are little and come into the house and be under such stress that I come in and my children are just absolutely destructive. I come in and you get on the phone and it's, it is code for let's go crazy. Let's get loud. And so what you do is you walk in there and you're trying to correct the children. Straighten up, behave, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Will you not calm down? Will you not calm down? You know what's happening as the Lord began to teach me as a parent? He said, what's happening is you're walking in and your shadow is releasing what's overshadowing you. See, stress was overshadowing me. And thus, what I was releasing in the room was anxiety. What I was releasing in the room is turmoil. I was bringing an atmosphere in the room with me. My daughter has, my middle daughter, Hannah, has three darling, beautiful children. They are a handful of explosive energy. They are so much like their mother and their father and their nanny. But anyway... I won't go into the stories, but what I'm saying is they are so much, so energy-filled, and they, they just feed off this energy. If they sense something in the room, they just, they just move about. 
Now, Hannah's in the process of selling her house. And her mother tried to tell her it's a stressful process. And she had to take the four-year-old to the dentist. And when she took her to the dentist, they gave her the stuff that's supposed to calm her down. It had the opposite effect. It just enraged her, and she wasn't having it. Of course, the baby now is just beside herself because it's just something's going on. And see, it wasn't just the stress of the dentist. There was an atmosphere of stress. And my daughter told me yesterday, she said, you know what? I told Josh, her husband, she said, I need to go to that place where the heart grows fonder. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> She said, I need a little bit of that time. Any parents know what I'm talking about in here? You got those energy field uh, uh, individuals, and uh, you take all that wonderful parenting advice from, uh, from someone else, but you're like, you hadn't had my children. Come on. Yeah, you can, that may work in your house, but there's something else going on over here. But see, what happens is there's, a, there's an overshadowing in our life that can calls us to release that in the room. Why do we talk so much about atmosphere when we come in here? Because thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And what we are asking God to do is release the atmosphere in the room. And we're saying, God, I want you to release the atmosphere. And the Lord is just saying, I've already released the atmosphere. I'm just standing at the door knocking, waiting on you to open the door. And once that door is open, now there's a release of heaven that comes into the room. So, overshadow. Thank you. I'm so rusty on my Greek, I never was refined. Episkiazo is the word for overshadow. And it means to cast a shade, a natural shade. It's an overshadowing. It comes from two separate words. At first of which is to cast the shade. It is to overshadow, which leaves a natural result. There's something naturally happens when the sun hits uh, an object, a tree, whatever. It casts a shadow. But it also, you can look further in that word, and it means to, it means God's, it's used to represent God's overshadowing presence which allows his plan to come to pass. And God's immutable will for physical circumstances. Did you get that? So this word, epischiazo, it means that it is a shadow, but it is used to represent in the Word of God. It's used three separate times in the Word. And each time it, it happens there and that Word is used, something supernaturally happens because there is an overshadowing of God, a canopy, if you will, a microchasm, if you will, a, a, a microculture that comes into an arena where an individual finds themselves under the, the power of the Most High God, something is released in the natural. 
The first time we see this word episkiazo is whenever the angel came to Mary and said, the Spirit of the Lord says they overshadow Luke 1 and 35. The overshadowing, the episkiazo overshadowed her and said, you will have and bring forth the Son of God. You will have a child. So what we see is when God begins to bring that canopy of his glory and his presence over an individual something is released. Oh, my God. Bring it in this house. There was the birth of Christ. Let me tell you, when God begins to settle on a room full of people, and there's enough people sitting under the canopy of God, they have come in knowing that they are atmosphere setters, and they come under the awesome power of God. There is a shadow that is cast that causes a release of the birth of Christ in the hearts of those that are here. Second time this word is used, epischiazzo. I'm going to practice it. Epischiazzo. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take all the praise I can get. I'm a praise glutton. So what we have here, the second time we see that, it's on the Mount of Transfiguration. They come along and Jesus' countenance begins to change. There's a can we say this? There was a bleeding forth of his divinity. Because <laughs> he's ever bit God and he's ever bit man. But now he's, 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 there's, there's, a, there's a radiance coming out of it. There's a radiance that's, that's there. And they're like, oh, whoa. We said you were the Christ, but now... There's, I ain't never seen this in church. This is not anything I'd ever anticipated in the synagogue. You truly are the Son of God. And now we got Moses and we've got Elijah talking to the Lord Jesus. And so they're freaking out. Anybody ever freaked out over the move of God? I don't understand this. There's just like, I, I, I don't know why my body's doing what it's doing. I, I don't know why that person is doing what they're doing. But I feel there's something going on in here. Like, I don't know what to do. I know, let's go build a temple. One for Elijah, one for Moses, and one for Jesus. That's what we'll do. We'll go build something. (laughs) God. And you're casting his shadow, not his shadow, on earth. It's going to bring forth the birth of Christ in people's hearts. But it's also going to bring with it the understanding of sonship. Who you are. Discover how much God has done in order to bring you into that place of covenant. And you understand that you're no longer a bastard. You are now, you're no longer an illegitimate child. You're no longer a fatherless, but you are now, you've got a father because you are a son in the son and your identity has been changed. You are not who you were. You are a new creature in God. And now there is a revelation of son. You're not a victim anymore, but now you are victorious through the power of Jesus Christ. And when that canopy, we call it revival, when that canopy comes and there's an overshadowing, people are changed because what is overshadowing us is released, released. The atmosphere is released. Now, the third use of epischiazzo 
the only three times in the New Testament in those three occurrences that is ha- does it happen. And in the process of that, what we see is now there was an overshadowing over Mary and she brought forth Jesus. There was an overshadowing over the disciples and over Jesus in the declaration of the Father. But now we have the overshadowing because Jesus has gone back to heaven and released the Spirit into the hearts of the church. That's why we had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, I've, I've got to go. I've got to go, guys. I've got to get up there. I've got to go because I can't, the Spirit cannot be released until I get there. And how do we even know today? What a marvelous system God has set up. How do we know and are confident that Jesus made it? Because we have the Holy Spirit. Amen? We have the Holy Spirit. But now we have this occurrence where now by the power of the Spirit, the church is moving. The birth of Christ, the revelation of Christ, and now the release of Christ in the church. Because there is an overshadowing, an atmosphere. If you don't like the atmosphere of your home and you're a believer, change it. Amen? Sometimes it's just turning off the old, yeah, you don't have to get up and just hit the remote. (laughs) Change the channel. Sometimes instead of doing this, Maybe we need to do this. Amen? Change. You don't like the atmosphere? Change it. You don't like the atmosphere of your workplace? Change it. Maybe that's why you're there. For the release, the episcopato, the shadowing, your shadow to release the power of God into that situation. I I want you to know this is not... This is not hokey, it's not magic, it's not witchcraft, it's not manipulation. When you come to the revelation that you are the gate of heaven, you will start opening that gate in the world you're living in, and you'll stop tolerating the things that are around you. Amen? So as we look here, we see the episcopato, but you know, I'm so thankful that God doesn't leave out even the nitty-gritty and the, the backstory, <laughs> he, he doesn't just forsake all of that and just paint just a clear, beautiful picture. And, and it's like, okay, everybody's got it. Everybody should have it. And you don't have it. You're a dismal failure. Oh, look at you. God doesn't love you at all. And if he did, you wouldn't have all these things happening to you. And all the time, you're just like, I just want to love Jesus. <laughs> I'm just trying to get by. <laughs> You know how many hours I worked this week and how much uh, I was in the sun? I'm just, good. I'm just glad to be here. You know what I'm saying? You get to that place where it's like you get a, you get a barrage of all the spiritual uh, power that, that, that a person is standing in. And you feel like, man, I just have to look up to see bottom. You know what I'm saying? But you find yourself in those places. But see, if we look at the backstory of Peter, we discover something here, let's go with me to John. Go with me to John. We've got 11 minutes. I can do a lot in 11 minutes. The Lord can anyway. So John 11, John, I'm sorry, John 21, John 21. So Peter's shadow is overshadowing and it's releasing the healing. 21, and we're going to start looking here at verse 15. Verse 15, and so when they... This is after the resurrection of God, the Lord Jesus. After his resurrection, he appears to the disciples on the shore. 
And he comes in, uh, they catch a big load of fish, and they bring them in, and they cut the fish, and they're there, and Jesus eating, he's showing them, look, I died human, I rose human, I'm God, but I'm also human, and so I'm eating. And so then he turns to Peter. He turns to Peter in this mealtime. And so then when he had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? more than these and he said yes lord you know that i love you he said to him feed my sheep my my lambs he said to him again a second time simon son of jonah do you love me he said to him yes lord you know i love you he said tend my sheep he said to him a third time simon son of jonah do you love me Peter was grieved because he had said the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Now, I want you to look and you see here. Now, Peter, the Lord addressed it three times, did he not? Ask him that same question three times. Why do you suppose he asked him three times whether or not he loved him? Because Peter denied him three times. Now, Peter got up, and you'll see in the first part of that chapter that Peter got up and he said, I'm, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to my old livelihood. I'm going back out. I believe it was more than just a, just a, just a night venture. Uh, he was going out. He said, I'm going back. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, going, to the, I'm going to the boat. Maybe it wasn't in all encompassed in that moment, but he decided that he was just going to go back. And what was overshadowing him at this time was failure. He had failed the Lord. He said he would stand and he would, he would stand his ground and it didn't matter if everybody else forsook God, I'm going to stand my ground. That's who I am. I'm Peter, the mighty. But yet a servant girl and a couple other servants questioned him and he he denied the Lord. And he went out and he wept bitterly, the Bible says. So he's got this in the title in my Bible that says, it says, Peter's Restoration. <laughs> I like that. So the Lord is addressing this failure. How is he addressing this failure? He's addressing this failure in a conversation about love. Now he asked him, he asked him three times, do you love me? And in the translation of the Word of God in the original text, he doesn't use the same word for love. The Greek, Hebrew language has many definitions of love. But he asked him the first two times, do you love me? And he used the word agape, which means, and what we refer to is God's love. It's an unconditional love. It's a powerful love. It has no, it, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't require anything. It is given to you by the Lord. But then his response to that was simply aphelio. That is brotherly love, affectionate love. That's where we get the Philadelphia, the city of love. We city of brotherly love. And so he had asked him, do you love me unconditionally? And he said, Lord, I just love you with my love. Do you love me unconditionally? He said, Lord, I just love you with my love. And then the Lord said, do you love me with your love? And Peter said, yeah, I love you with my love. You can preach this however you want, but what I see in that is this. 
Peter stood boldly and he said, unconditionally, I will follow you and I'll do everything you said. Tell me to do because I love you. But see, Peter didn't realize he was operating in his own strength. He was operating in what he thought was God's love, but it wasn't God's love. It was his love for God. So what happened to Peter is he became disillusioned because Jesus wasn't supposed to die. He was supposed to come and set up his kingdom on earth. But see, when you become disillusioned, you can become extremely disappointed. And when you become disappointed, you can become extremely discouraged. And then when you become completely discouraged, you will find yourself like Peter found himself, and you can start disenfranchising yourself from the purpose of God. And I believe, according to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in this house, there are those that are resting under this canopy of failure, and you're releasing into your life and into the people's lives around you failure because you don't believe that God has anything left for you. See, here is my definition of disillusionment. It is when my expectations exceed my trust in God. When my expectations... See, Peter had an expectation that God was going to set up his kingdom. So I put all of my hope in that expectation... God, I said it the right way, I prayed it the right way, I did it the right way, I aligned the right way. Now, God, you've got to do it the way I said it. But the Lord had a greater plan. So we got to anchor ourselves in the trust of God. Are you hearing me? In the trust of God. Now, see, so he, he denied because things are... Things are topsy-turvy. Things are happening. Things are, things are not operating like they should. We, we see that, wait a minute, they're not supposed to crucify the Lord. What is going on? And Jesus told them and said, you're not going to understand this. But afterwards, uh, in fact, Peter, you're going to fail me three times, not, not any other. You're gonna, this night, you're going to fail me three times. This very night. He said, but even then, Jesus, speaking in faith, when you recover, go and encourage your brethren. <laughs> he told the whole story. You're going to fail. You're going to feel like a dismal failure, but you will be restored from that failure. My God, somebody ought to be excited about that. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So he goes to Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? Do you honestly, truly love me no matter what happens or what takes place in life, whether I meet your expectations or I do not? Do you love me? He said, yes, I love you. Then do what I called you to do. Feed my lambs. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, I love you. I really genuinely love you. The Lord said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Obey. What is the obedience in what we're talking about now? Do what I called you to do. 
do you love me, Peter? I can just see the conversation in the campfire and all the fish bones laying around. The other disciples are just kind of shrinking back like, oh, yo, yo, hey. See, they were still questioning. See, all this is new revelation to them. They didn't even know that Judas was the one that betrayed. When they were at the supper, it was... They were there at the supper, and, and the Lord said, there will be one that takes bread with me is the one who has, will betray me. And say so they didn't even know. There was still information coming in. It wasn't like an instant Google search. <laughs> you know, they had to take a minute or two, days for it to come in. They didn't know, and they were questioning, am I the one that failed? Peter thought he was the one that had such an ultimate failure that there was no recovery for his life. And the Lord was bringing him in. Peter, I'm bringing you back under my canopy of love. Do you not hear my voice? I knew you would fail. That's why I told you you would fail. But I knew you would recover. That's why I told you you would recover. Would you please just come back under the canopy of my love? Because I've got something in store for you way beyond your imagination. But yet, Peter was like, oh my God. And he said, well, what about that one? You know, the one in whom the Lord loves, that disciple, what about that one who gets everything on a silver platter? What about him? The Lord said, it doesn't make any difference what happens with him if I want him to stay until I return again. What difference is that to you? I told you to go out and to do what I told you to do. Get your eyes, church, off of what everybody else may be doing or what they may not be doing. And you start asking God, what do you want me to do? And I want to tell you right now, I do not need another job. Don't take your burdens and burden me with them. I've got enough on my plate. Ministry is not going out and finding assignments for the pastor. If this is not part of the lesson in the D Psalm, make it. Amen? If God put the burden in your heart, then do something with that burden. Don't keep throwing the burden off on somebody else. If you see the need, find a way to execute it. Find a way to go out from start to finish, and I would appreciate if I wasn't even in the equation. Help me, Jesus. You know what? You can pray for the sick, and they can recover. You can lay hands upon the demoniac, and you can see them delivered. My little sister came into the kingdom of God. I'm going to, oh, i got plenty of time. My little sister came into the kingdom of God, and here I am, big brother. And we've been in the kingdom for a little bit, youth pastoring in a small independent church. And it wasn't a paid thing. We were just there doing what God called us to do. And my little sister, Christine, you've seen her here before. She was our very first convert. She's the first one that came in and accepted Jesus right there in our living room. She, she accepted the Lord. So, Christy's there, and she calls me. They're living in what was formerly a drug house. And so there's a lot of strange activities going on. 
And she's like, Mike, can you come over here and pray? I got up and I was getting ready to go. And the Lord said, no. You tell her to take a bottle of oil, anoint her house, and for her to pray so that in her authority that whatever's going on in there will stop and it'll remain stopped because she's walking in her authority and it won't require you going over there. So I said, no. No, I didn't say that. I said, no, Christy, God told me to tell you to, for you to pray. So she prayed. And sure enough, she took authority over the situation. The situation stopped. They, they found a lot of drug paraphernalia in that house. It was a rent house, and they got rid of it. And I'll tell you all that to tell you this. My little sister called me yesterday. She's in Mexico, Mexico City. Uh, William, part of the Global Awakening, they have a Global Awakening meeting down there. She said, Mike, it is unbelievable. She's down there as part of the ministry team at Global Awakening because her church is directly connected to Global Awakening. She said, I personally laid hands upon people born deaf, two people, and they now they can hear. She said, Liz can testify because she was at that meeting last week as well. People were getting up out of wheelchairs that were crippled. See, what happened is my little sister began to walk in her authority, and that authority began to grow in her knowledge of God because the overshadowing of the Spirit of the Lord was there, and now that released salvation in her life, the overshadowing of the Lord was somewhere in a service that she was in, and she began to understand who she is in God, and now the overshadowing of God is there, and now the Lord is being released in her life as she goes out and teaches others what life really is in Christ. Amen? So couldn't we get a whole lot done if we all did what we were called to do? But see, here's the thing we've got to live in. We've got to get to. We've got to, we've got to understand that we've got to bring ourselves under the overshadowing of God. If you want to enjoy the shade, you've got to get under the canopy. The church has been standing out in the blistering sun in the middle of a dry wilderness in the, in, in the sun beating down, and they're just, they're, they're, they're sunburnt, they're miserable, they're dry, and they're thirsty. And all along, there's a canopy of God's, uh, God's abiding presence that's there but that's not going to change. It's just still there. And he that dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty and so if we want to enjoy that canopy of the shade we've got to come out of the heat and we got to get under that canopy of God's love amen now if you got mad at me this morning please pray through before you come and see me I don't think you will or I have more confidence in you than that. But those of you this morning, you're walking in a canopy of failure. 
and it's, re- it's holding you back from what God wants to do. Voices come to you that say this, you've gone too far, you've done too much. You've sinned away your day of grace. You've probably blasphemed the Holy Spirit. If you blasphemed the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be in here today. But you're living under that canopy, that failure, that failure, failure. And it's eroding your heart. But what the love of the Lord is Jesus is saying, he said, I want to bring you out from under that dark cloud, Eeyore. I want to bring you under the canopy of my love. Do you love me? Do what I told you to do. Do you love me? My call has not changed. Do you love me? My grace is still there for you. Stand. Stand. I, I need Billy. Lainey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to pray over you. Billy, I want you to come and take the keyboard. Would you do that for me? If you're in this house today, and you know full well you're living under that canopy of failure. The Lord is inviting you back to that canopy of love. So that His wonderful love will be released through you. You know why those people were healed? It's the love of God. Why does the Lord manifest Himself to destroy the works of the devil? Why? What? What is he destroying? He's destroying the hatred, the lies, the, 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 the ill repute. Of the, he's just destroying them. To do what? So that he may reveal his love. What does he want from you? He wants you to abide in his love so that he can release his love through you. Is that so hard? It is if we believe the lie. But today you're going free. I'm offering you freedom. I'm offering you from a person who has failed in ministry miserably. Not on areas, don't let your nasty minds get to wondering, but there's things that I have done that I regret. No one did, I'm sorry, that was all me. But I zigged when I should have zagged. I left when I should have stayed. I forfeited when I should have held on. Anybody ever been there? And when you put so much hope and trust in your expectations because you become delusioned, you stop trusting God because the results didn't come. It's a horrible place to be. And that cloud can rest over you a long time and God can use you in minimal ways, but I'm asking you to do this. Come, come, come back under the canopy of his love. He knew you would fail. He knew you'd be restored. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm offering you freedom. God is offering you freedom right now. This is the life of freedom. Come on. There's others. There's others. 
There's others. Come on, step out. Step out. Step out and move. Come on. Come on. I know you've already, it's okay. You can, re, you can respond a hundred times to the altar. If that's you today, just come on. Say, Lord, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abide under your love. I'm going to abide under your love. I'm going to abide under the love of Almighty God. And we're going to see an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere that's going to change in your life. There's an atmosphere that's going to change in your life because you have come back under the canopy of God's love. Laney, come on up and help us out here in a minute. We're going to pray for you and Mike in just a little bit. We're going to pray for you and Mike before we leave this house. They're just going to come and they're going to pray with you. Don't be, don't be alarmed. Just let God begin to do what only God can do. Let his love be revealed. He's going to shed his love. He's going to spread it abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You are returning to that safe place right now. Come on. Come on. Laney, just begin to lead us right now. I just want to speak the name of Jesus.